0: Welcome to episode 15 of Starstones and Stories. This is time-bending with the eclipses. It's a really awesome dive into eclipses in general, and then particularly this eclipse season with the Gemini lunar eclipse, the full moon on November 30th, and the total solar eclipse in Sagittarius on December 14th. We also dive into concepts like time bending and timeline hopping, as well as culminating with a guided meditation to assist you with integrating this powerful, potent eclipse portal. Welcome to Stars, Stones, and Stories. I am your host, Rama, and together we are weaving ancient future wisdom as we birth the new earth. If you are into astrology, cosmology, living mythology, earth-based spirituality, kundalini technology, and ancestral healing, you are home if you've stumbled upon this podcast and are new to these topics this is sovereign sanctuary to expand and deepen your wisdom as a cosmic priestess i witness many at the threshold of great transformation i specialize in astrological divination sacred site activations and Priestess Arts for the Aquarian Age. You may learn more about my work at Ramatribe.com or follow Rama Tribe on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and support the work at Patreon.com backslash Ramatribe. This is Community is your opportunity to claim your story, your unique identity and power, knowing that you are the hero of your own journey. You are a hologram for the collective and you matter. The world needs your gifts and creativity now more than ever ancestors 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 we call to you we call to you we call to you we're so grateful for your lives and we know we cannot do this alone we cannot do this without you so we welcome you we welcome your backing and your genius solutions to pour forth like sweet ambrosial nectar from the other world Thank you, ancestors. Thank you for your gifts, your trials. Thank you for providing the shoulders upon that which we stand upon. Thank you for your support, seen and unseen in these times. And we welcome in the powers and spirits of the East, the element of air, the powers and spirits of the South, the element of fire, the powers and spirits of the West, the element of water, the powers and spirits of the North, the element of Earth. We welcome all of the directions and all of the keepers of the directions. We ground into Mother Earth and from this anchored space where we are connected and fully immersed in our sense of belonging, we gaze up into the cosmos and we welcome in All the planetary beings, the luminaries, all the goddess and god asteroids, our starseed nations, and our guides and our guardians of the holiest and highest calibers to walk with us in the sacred journey of life. I'd like to welcome the new listeners. There's over a hundred of you, so thank you so much for being here, all of you, those who are new to this circle and those of you who have been listening in every episode or here or there, all are welcome. We represent over 45 countries around the world, and I just am so grateful that You're finding this podcast to be nourishing, and as always, I just want to urge you to send me some feedback. Let me know what you love. Let me know if you have any questions or there's any topics you want me to cover on upcoming episodes. I truly believe that a podcast is a form of collaboration, so your experience as the listener truly matters to me. And you can direct message me on Instagram, Facebook, at Rama Tribe, or at Stars, Stones, and Stories. And as a gentle reminder, if you wish to help sustain the show, uh, you can become a patron on my Patreon page, which is patreon.com/Rama Tribe for as little as $3 a month. You can just support the show and also my Venetian Love Notes, the weekly newsletter I send out every Friday. For as little as $5 a month, you receive bi-weekly lunar playlists that I create via Spotify. And for $11 a month, you can also support me in working on my new book that is in progress very slowly and steadily, and there's a couple of other tiers as well. There's a $22 tier and a 44 which is an intergalactic supporter. So I welcome that. You can also book a session with me. You can buy a gift card for a friend or family member. You can just like my posts on social media and spread the word about this podcast and share it with three or four of your friends or family members who you think would really enjoy it. So again, thank you for being here. This episode is all about eclipse season. Our current eclipse season began with the Scorpio new moon, which was exact on November 15th of this year, 2020. And as I'm recording this episode, it is Friday, Venus Day, November 20th, and... It is 3.54 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you're interested to know, um, the moon is at 13 degrees Aquarius. We're moving into the first quarter phase of the moon. We're just at that final part of the Uh, the initiatory phase and now we're starting to move into the phase where we're really clearing out obstacles and I believe this episode is going to assist you with looking at how are some fresh new ways that you can clear out the obstacles in your life. I think a lot of us in these times in this year of 2020 feel like there's been obstacle after obstacle after obstacle And I know a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, I can't wait until 2020 is over and 2021 is here. And as an astrologer, I would just like to say 2021 is sure to be radical and have a lot of unexpected twists and turns. So things will not be necessarily getting easier. And I say that because I think it's important that We really strengthen our nervous systems in these times. We strengthen our daily practices. We strengthen our relationships with our loved ones and our friends that we hold dear. We strengthen our relationships with fellow small business owners. We strengthen our relationships with people in our community, both locally, regionally, and in our world community, in our intergalactic community, those whom we know and value as important beings, that we really strengthen those ties. This is a time of coming together and strengthening. And with Eclipse Portal being here, we are entering a phase of complete radical new pathways, new neural pathways, literally being opened up through the brain. And I'm going to go into depth about some of the new discoveries that have come online. And there are timestamps in all of my episodes, so you can always click on the show notes if there are certain parts that you want to skip ahead to or that you want to go back to and listen over. And if you're working through listening to this podcast through a, some sort of app, like, you know, Apple Music or um, Spotify, the show notes, I'm not sure if they're always visible. So you can always go to my podcast website, website, which is starsstonesandstories.com and stories.com. And if you click on the episode, you'll see a way to pop up the show notes. So I just want to encourage you to know that there are show notes, especially because I know that some of you really enjoy the guided meditations at the end of the episodes and want to be able to go back and listen to them over and over again. So that's available for you. Eclipses in general, they open up new portals, new dimensions into our lives. And the ramifications of any eclipse season is quite lasting. They contain threads of stories that could last for six months, for two years, for 18 years, for 36, 54, or 72 years. There are threads that get woven Eclipses occur when the dragon's head and tail, also known as the nodes of the moon, are either conjunct the sun or the moon. This can occur when a node is conjunct the new moon and sun, known as a solar eclipse, or when the node is conjunct the full moon, known as a lunar eclipse. And these portals work together as a unit the north and the south node, moving in 18 and a half year cycles. So there's always this polarity with eclipse season. And our current polarity is this Gemini-Sagittarius axis, which we opened up in May of 2020. We're coming out of the Cancer-Capricorn axis, which started in November of 2018. So the nodes are not physical astronomical bodies. They are points in space, like vortexes of energy, suggesting that they carry cosmic meaning because they're not something you can physically pinpoint. In Vedic astrology, the nodes have been compared to a cosmic dragon, such as a mother of all serpents. And just like a serpent sheds its skin, so does the dragon with massive deaths and rebirth. The north node or ascending node shows where the moon crosses the ecliptic from south to north. This is the dragon's head, the path of dharma. It is where we learn to fly by falling. It is a space of spiritual growth and deep integration. This offers new learning experiences, which can lead to immense personal growth. It is awkward. It feels like the wild unknown. The south or the descending node is conversely indicated by the moon's path from a northerly to southerly celestial latitude. This is the path of karma, our gifts, the shadow, where we may feel quite cozy and where we can get stuck. The south node, as past, represents the path of least resistance, that which is very familiar. However, this is where we come from. It is the memory of how we utilized and applied our knowledge and skills. Therefore, the South Node is a reservoir of resources. It is our connection to the Akashic Records. Eclipses bring truth, truth that we need to see, to know, and to feel, despite how uncomfortable the results may be. Many ancient cultures regarded eclipses with fear as they often brought disasters, and difficulty. During an eclipse, time can literally speed up or timelines may dramatically switch. We have this ability to time bend, to time hop. Eclipses tend to mark major events from death to birth and other momentous beginnings and endings, quite often heralding vast unexpected shifts. With all eclipses, there's an ending and a beginning. Although a lunar eclipse is more focused on endings, emotions, and the revelation of true character, while a solar eclipse is more focused on new beginnings, bright possibility, and hope. Eclipse asks us to be fully present, vigilant, and aware in our lives. This is a time to walk with compassion and being extremely aware and grounded to tune into your local community, to your friendship circle, and your family, and to trust your gut instincts, to listen to your intuition. Many astrologers and sages will say it is best to not make important decisions or take dramatic actions on an eclipse, although... The reality is sometimes the eclipse energy will force you to do exactly this. During the actual time of an eclipse, it is ideal to be meditating and near a body of water or in water. And this is something that we can look to the ancients to and know that many indigenous cultures have spent time and do spend time in in some form of meditation ceremony quite often indoors or in a sacred dwelling not out and about in nature and that is because it is believed that meditation is so essential ceremony is so essential during the exact alignment of the eclipse as actions can be magnified for quite some time to come So as we are in sacred ceremony or meditation or prayer or devotion, the positive action of that will benefit you, it will benefit your lineage, and it therefore will benefit all of humanity. Earlier this year in May of 2020, the nodes of fate switched from the North Node being in Cancer to Gemini and the south node being in Capricorn ingressing into Sagittarius. And in June and July of 2020, we had three eclipses. And for those of us in the northern hemisphere, that was a series of spring and summer eclipses. And those in the southern hemisphere, that was winter. And now here we are with our next eclipse coming on November 30th, and it is a Gemini full moon eclipse. So those of us in the Northern Hemisphere, we are in the season of fall, about to go into winter, and in the Southern Hemisphere, you are in the season of spring, about to go into summer. So with the north node in Gemini, this is all about socialization. It is all about knowing your community, being willing to express yourself, your ideas, and your thoughts within your community. And there is a large push with the Gemini north node for us in our local communities and in our collective of humanity at large to build new educational systems that serve, that offer hands-on experience. When we think about Gemini, Gemini rules the hands, the arms, and the lungs. This is an opportunity to exude an energy for life, to help others learn to challenge the status quo mindset, to be willing to dissolve old belief systems, particularly if they are stunting your growth and our growth collectively. It is a time to let go of reliance on books and gurus and the past at large. The age of the guru is dead. And so with these times it is definitely a time to work with the archetype of Mercury of Hermes of Thoth to connect into brain tonics like lion's mane and rhodiola to activate stone medicine like sugilite and aquamarine citrine To build teamwork, sisterhood, brotherhood, and to also consider writing more, speaking more, teaching more, expressing yourself on a deeper level, stepping outside of your comfort zone with curiosity, with play, and to share about your adventures and your experiences, to consider story as medicine. You know that you are stuck in the past if you are afraid to challenge an idea, or if you are insisting your philosophy is the only correct one. Many are currently disentangling the past. It is time to go beyond me to we. Our belonging and sense of sanctuary now need to be extended to our local communities and the earth at large. Dane Rudyard said that the full moon eclipse has the energetic of the past being obscured by the present. We are able to meet experiences in a new way, which means that we're able to have these sudden endings because there's this opportunity to literally drop the past the lunar eclipse the G- gemini full moon lunar eclipse the gemini full moon lunar eclipse occurs on a monday a moon day november 30th at 4:30 a.m. eastern standard time and during this eclipse The north node is conjunct the moon at 8 degrees, 38 arc minutes, Gemini. And the south node is conjunct the sun at 8 degrees, 38 arc minutes, Sagittarius. So it's interesting with the sun and the moon, they're both... We would round them up to nine degrees. However, the north node is at 19 degrees 53 arc minutes Gemini, and the south node is at 19 degrees 53 arc minutes Sagittarius. So we would round those up to 20 degrees. Now, to be honest, that's a pretty wide conjunction. However, it still is an eclipse. I've been looking back towards the Sabian symbols for quite some time. It's only been recently that I felt this call to share them, and I'll be sharing them more and more, as well as the star sparks. I like both of them. Um, they pull in different ways. It's, it's a form of divination that really recognized the signature of the degree, So on an astrological wheel, there's 360 degrees, and each degree has a a different flavor. Nine degrees of Gemini, the Sabian symbol, is a quiver filled with arrows. It is about aggression, survival, conquest. The need to go through the obstacle becomes the ego that must be surpassed, whereas nine degrees Sagittarius, a mother leads her small child step by step up a steep stairway, assisting those who need help becomes first and foremost important. And we must be generous as this is where the sun is focused, is on this need to be generous and to help others. Whereas the moon, what is being illuminated within the moon is how the obstacle is the ego and how can we move through the ego. Meanwhile, the North Node at 20 degrees Gemini is transmitting this frequency of a modern cafeteria displays an abundance of food, products of various regions. So we could say this is about How do you synthesize many different strings of knowledge through the power of your intelligence, through your brain? And 20 degrees Sagittarius, where the south node is, an old-fashioned northern village, men cut the ice of a frozen pond for use during the summer. That is that frequency. Which speaks to this right relationship with natural resources and how to continue to meet the future needs by using the resources in a loving way, in a right way, and thinking about the seven generations to come. So, with that south node conjunct the sun, there is this focus around being generous, assisting those who need help, and also considering right use of the natural world for the longevity, for legacy. While the moon and the north node are transmitting this ability to go through the obstacle, to use the obstacle as the force of ego while also synthesizing with the power of the mind being very strategic now the archetype of gemini represents the twins it is light and dark the twins are the intellect the mind very mercurial gemini works with the archetypes of the scribe the writer the storyteller the jack-of-all-trades, the messenger, the fool, the eternal child, youthfulness, trickster medicine, coyote, and butterfly. Where Gemini appears, there's an emphasis, as mentioned before, on working with the hands and the arms. There's an emphasis on communication, on language development, on how to be curious and friendly, open-minded, open to learning, having fun, being adaptable, and social. The shadow side is being restless, non-committal, superficial, two-faced, indecisive, talking too much, or being very inconsistent or nervous. As Gemini is ruled by Mercury, it is a mutable sign. It is flexible. It is adaptable. It is an air sign ruling the mental realm, all about concepts, And it is fast-paced. We could also say that Gemini is about twin souls, twin flames, soulmates, the unification of reason with intuition. It is about free, philosophical, generous, inspirational currents with a restless, energetic, mental energy. And this evolution of the twin souls... We could say as the inner feminine and the inner masculine marrying from deep within, as we were speaking in episode 14 about the asteroid goddess Juno. The union of reason with intuition, with clean hands, pure heart, a restoration of intuition to her throne, united with reason, hope to comprehend the reality of the mystery of the twins. So in this chart for the Gemini full moon eclipse, the sun and the moon oppose as in every full moon we have. And within this opposition, we have the asteroid goddess Ceres squaring both the sun and moon and the asteroid goddess Vesta, squaring both the sun and the moon. So there's this grand cross energy happening between the four of them. Ceres is in Pisces, and she is how we nurture, how we love. She is goddess of the green, goddess of womb and tomb. And in Pisces, she nurtures through that journey into collective cosmic consciousness, she nurtures in the archetype of the artist and the mystic. And she wants each one of us to come greater into greater alignment with our own inner mystic. Vesta is in Virgo. And Vesta is our devotion to sacred duty, to sacred cause. And in Virgo, this is a devotion to refinement, to making the systems better than they've ever been before. So there is a powerful opportunity to really mutate the energy with this eclipse, to mutate the old stories, to allow them to Transition into something completely fresh and new. The North node is sextile Mars and square Neptune. Meanwhile, the South node, our past, is trine Mars, square Neptune. So both the North and South node are, are making these aspects to Mars and. Mars is still in Aries. He recently went direct in his home sign of Aries where he's been on this journey to really reclaim the divine masculine frequency, which we need now on earth so desperately. We need strong men holding the line. We need the kings coming to the center, the the true men who are really here to protect the divine feminine frequency, to protect the goddess frequency, that God force. Mars and Aries has been on this journey, so each one of us in our own personal lives has had an opportunity to cultivate our own inner masculine, which in one of my previous episodes I spoke about the ka body from Egyptian mysticism and how from Egyptian mysticism every human being has a ka that is of the opposite gender of their gender of their what they claim or what they're born into and That is why as we're working with these archetypal forces, as we're working with the asteroid goddess Juno, we are learning how to connect in with our inner feminine and our inner masculine. So with this eclipse, the north node, our dharma, our destiny, and the south node, our reservoir of resources are making this beneficial aspect to Mars where there's a lot of gifts coming from the work we've been doing with that inner divine masculine. Now there's some payoff coming. And each of them, the north and south node are also squaring Neptune. Neptune in Pisces being that Connection, that commitment to the dream. What is this dream you're holding, that you're seeding, that you're tending to, that you're nourishing? We keep coming back around through this astrology, no matter how fierce and mighty it gets. We keep coming back around to the dream because the dream is you, it is your soul's song, it is why you are here on earth, it is your greatest service and devotion. And so we come back to that dream to stay aligned with it. The Capricorn Stellium of Pluto, Jupiter, Pallas Athene, and Saturn are also bringing in. They're just bringing in their awareness and continuing to offer whatever needs to be dissolved and dismantled. It is time to do it. Whatever you're holding on to, let it go. Let it go. Whatever pieces are left that you're holding on to, how can you let go with grace so that we can build anew? And Juno, the asteroid goddess, and Mercury are both conjunct in Scorpio and They've been on this journey that I spoke about in depth in episode 14. However, I feel like overall there's there's this deep question that is asking each one of us what is arising to the surface to be known? What is the message that is being communicated? Where do communication loops need completion? In addition to messages. Travel is also strongly emphasized with this Gemini full moon eclipse, and this eclipse threads back to November of 2012. So I invite you to think about when we last had a Gemini eclipse near the same degree, what themes are emerging in your life from that time in November 2012 that are ready to be fulfilled? Dane Rudyard said that any new moon eclipse comes with a signature where the present is blotted out by the past. Forces of the past that lie buried in the collective subconscious come to light, and as they come to light, these new beginnings are seeded. The Sagittarius total solar eclipse is activated on December 14th, 2020. That is a Monday, a Moon day, at 11:17 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and on this day, both Sun and Moon marry at 23 degrees 8 arc minutes Sagittarius, and they are conjunct the South Node, which is at 19 degrees. 56 arc minutes, Sagittarius. So when looking to the Sabian symbol for 24 degrees Sagittarius, this is where sun and moon have met. And it is a bluebird perched on the gate of a cottage. This signature is about remaining true to self. And in that truth journey, you will find many rewards, particularly as you integrate with society. The spiritually oriented mind, it is a frequency that good fortune is on its way. Now, in this eclipse, the South and North Node are still at 20 degrees respectively, Gemini and Sagittarius. So the energy that the South Node is very focused on is that right use of resources, of taking good care of Mother Earth, and being very considerate of the legacy that you're leaving behind. Meanwhile, we want to continue to properly assimilate different threads of knowledge by utilizing the power of the mind. Now this frequency of Sagittarius is one of authority, of world wisdom, of stability. It's very muscular energy. Jupiter rules over muscular systems. Sagittarian energy is about organizing powers of humanity and the powers that be powers of the mind, about discipline, obedience, loyal, being law-abiding, yet also generous and free. Sagittarius is the archetype of the centaur, the wild horse, the wandering gypsy, the philosopher, the, ad- the adventurer, someone who is on a permanent vision quest, so to say. It is an optimistic, optimistic, forward-thinking, forward-looking sign that at times can be very straightforward, even dogmatic. Archetypes are the teacher, the sage, the seeker, the priest, the priestess. And Sagittarians are very enthusiastic, outgoing, independent, optimistic, yet also they can be jealous, overly blunt, overly independent, avoiding commitment, impatient, or even intolerant of others' ignorance. This is a mutable sign that is very adaptable. However, it comes from the element of fire, so very spiritual, very creative, passionate. And as it's ruled by Jupiter, This energy is so connected to expansion and joy and higher education. In this total solar eclipse, sun and moon marry with the south node. That reservoir of resources in Sagittarius and sandwiched right in between them is Mercury. Communication, Thoth, Hermes, the magician, the teacher the creator of writing of symbol. So this is a very special eclipse. There are some powerful energies that can be tapped into if you have any interest of utilizing ceremony or writing new moon intentions. This is definitely a powerful eclipse, a powerful new moon, as this will set the signature for the Great Conjunction. And the Great Conjunction is the cultural renaissance that we've been building up to for all of 2020. That is, this is one of the most significant transits of 2020. The Great Conjunction occurs on December 21st. When Jupiter and Saturn meet up at the first degree of Aquarius. And episode 16 of Star Stones and Stories will be devoted to really dive deep into the Great Conjunction. So I'll cover this more in depth. However, I wish to emphasize how important this total solar eclipse is as it sets the frequency for how you're going to go into the great conjunction. Meanwhile, that Gemini lunar eclipse is the opportunity to shed, to dissolve, to let go of whatever you've been holding on to that has somehow miraculously still stayed around in this wild year where so many of us have had to let go of so much more than we had ever imagined. However, it's important that we understand our power and our presence and our sovereignty in these times and how we can utilize this astrology as a form of devotion, as a form of prayer, and as a form of protecting and preserving the value of humanity and what it means to be a part of this earth community, what it means to be tapped into mother earth and also tapped into cosmic collective consciousness as we fully enter into the age of Aquarius with this great conjunction. So Mercury's position sandwiched right in between the south node and sun and moon feels quite phenomenal here. And at the same time, we have Venus conjunct Juno in Scorpio. They're at the 29th degree and they are so close. They're only four arc minutes away in their conjunction in their marriage And as I've been speaking of, they've been on this journey, Venus all year, she went into her underworld and she shed and she let go what she needed to. And you did that work with your love, with the way that you connect to art and beauty and your value system. That was the work you were doing in May and June of this year and that Venus cycle went all the way back to the end of 2010 and Mars has been on his journey in retrograde where he shed and he let go and he's just gone direct Mars has been on his underworld journey. Venus has been on her underworld journey. And in this chart, Venus and Juno marry to speak of the power of prayer, of love for redemption, devotion. Meanwhile, Pallas Athene, goddess of the high mind, that whom is quite strategic, the feminine born out of zeus's head jupiter's head and she is daughter and of of jupiter and she's crossed over into aquarius meanwhile saturn and jupiter and pluto are all conjunct in capricorn so, Pallas Athene is representing in this gateway for this new moon the opening of that which is new wave thoughts, radical, independent, freedom seeking powers of humanity that are here for earth consciousness that are here to utilize technology, to utilize technology in a way that we can have right relationship with it, just like it is possible for us to have right relationship with Mother Earth. And as Sun, Moon, and Mercury are married in Sagittarius, they trine Mars conjunct Eris and Aries the divine masculine and the goddess of discord in that instinctual sign of independence of being the warrior the protector and again sun moon and mercury square neptune they create tension with the dream that dream that you are seeding that you have seeded that you are tending to that you are cultivating this dream that connects to your soul's greatest truth. And the moon and sun are not too far from the galactic center, which sits approximately at 27 degrees Sagittarius. The galactic center, that void, that womb space, sitting at the center of the Milky Way galaxy, 25,000 light years away. The Milky Way galaxy, Great Mother Nile, is said by the ancient Egyptians and today's Egyptians as well, that the Nile is a mirror of the great Milky Way galaxy, as above, so below. Our solar system takes 250 million years to orbit one time around the galactic center. The galactic center is said to be over 2,000 light years wide. And so with the sun and the moon so close to the galactic center, we can say that this is a powerful time to dissolve old paradigms and to just fully step into the new age, the new earth, to build this new earth, to drop all the distractions that the culture is imposing on you, that the governments are imposing on you. Whatever you find that is distracting you from your truth, you drop it all and you step fiercely With the solar ray and that total solar eclipse, you step fiercely. You allow that eclipse to be a moment to time bend, to timeline jump. The lunar nodes are very powerful, yet astronomically they are invisible. We must remember that... Unseen forces are higher powers th- that are magnetically directing more than we can even imagine. These nodes of fate, the south node and north node, give one the ability to forecast these times of great change. As we ask With the North Node and Gemini, what is the deeper meaning for the collective? How may we think more deeply? How may we share our ideas in new ways? How may we exchange information and collaborate? Perhaps see things from another lens? How can we create new forms of social media and new forms of collaboration? That are completely out of the box. This is an essential time with the North Node in Gemini to get intimately connected with your community, your local community, and also the community you communicate with socially, who may live halfway across the world. Podcasting is such a beautiful art to be engaged in with the Gemini North Node. So again, thank you for being here. Again, this is why I want to hear from you. Let me know how we can build community in an even deeper way. What are the -the out-of-the-box ideas that you have as a listener that you think I may benefit from hearing? This is a time to solidify your messaging. It's a time to build new systems of education to understand that most humans learn best through some kind of hands-on experience. It is a time to make the impossible I am possible, to learn the value of teamwork, of sisterhood, of brotherhood. Regardless of how you may view time and space and reality, we could Philosophize that as humans, we are from many timelines, from many realities. Many of us are star seeds heralding from spaces and places like Sirius, Orion, Lyra, the Pleiades, Andromeda, Vega, Venus, Antares, Arcturus, Centaurus, Alpha and other locations not even named yet. At the same time, timelines and ancient paradigms are dissolving. It's important to ask, where have we idolized the past? Where have the traumas of fallen cultures riddled our bones? We are an intergalactic family, We are representatives of a multitude of starseed nations. We are made of stardust, and that is a fact. We are the Magdalens. We are the Holy Ones here to embody life in the flesh. With Eclipse Portal being present and alive as we're preparing to enter the Aquarian Age, With such a deeper capacity and propensity for reimagining the old paradigms dissolving and building anew, it's important that we come back to our center, that we come back to our hearts, our human hearts, completely understanding that we live in times where Anything is possible. I spoke about this over the summer how the CIA recently declassified information relating to transcendental meditation, astral travel, parallel universes, stargates, portals, the ability to manifest. And they were sharing how these techniques, are real, they're alive, that they back them. And so I'd like to speak to you about some new concepts and some concepts that maybe are not new, but are perhaps new to you. And the first being time bending. This whole concept of time bending is based out of Einstein's theory of general relativity, where he said that gravity can bend time, that gravity is not a force, but a consequence of the distortion of time and space. And so we could say that anything that has mass is able to sit on a piece of fabric and time, and that pressure can cause a dimple or a bending movement The bending of space-time causes objects to move on a curved path, and that curvature of space is what we know as gravity. So gravity has this ability to bend time. And I'm not sure if you've ever heard of the electric universe, but it's this theory that some physicists are backing, where the entire universe might actually be a neural network. And this electric universe theory highlights the importance of electricity throughout the universe. It's based on the recognition of existing natural electrical phenomena, such as lightning, And the known properties of plasmas, which make up 99.99% of the visible universe, and how they react strongly to electromagnetic fields. So if you're interested in diving in more around this topic, there are links in the show notes. People who back this electric universe theory speak to how the electric currents that flow along plasma filaments shape and power galaxies. The currents stream into stars, powering them like fluorescent light bulbs. They induce the birth of planets. And the craters on those planets come from electrical arcs like lightning bolts. In this theory, black holes don't exist Neither does dark matter nor dark energy. And in this theory, they say the Big Bang never happened. They also laugh at the relative relativity theory of Einstein. And they basically say that electricity can explain away all of those theories. So it's definitely out there. And I'm sharing it with you as a concept of curiosity i myself you know with the gemini north node that these are times where it's important i think to explore different thoughts and curiosities whether you agree with them or not it's important to stay open to fresh insights and just be open to debate and being playful with the mind So, in addition to this whole concept of the electric universe, I came across this article today that (laughs) speaks to how outer space isn't pitch black after all. Super fascinating because it actually ties into the electric universe. And there's a link in the show notes to this if you want to read more. But part of what came across in this article is that there is supposedly as much light outside of galaxies as there is inside of galaxies which basically is letting the entire astronomical community know that they've been missing essentially half of what's out there thinking this that there that there was so much more darkness than what has been actually what is showing in the current world, here and now, in 2020. And in addition to that, there's this other article I came across that I felt like is just so perfect for this eclipse portal, where scientists discover 11 dimensional structures that help us understand how the brain works. And they talk about the brain architecture. And I love this concept of brain architecture. And in this article, it is said that the brain operates up to 11 dimensions, which is quite fascinating because if you go deep into metaphysics, you will know that many people believe there are 12 dimensions. So I wonder if the brain actually operates up to 12 dimensions. And in the multiverse, they're working with this brain architecture technology where they're using algebraic topology, using math with neuroscience. And apparently this is a whole new technique of using math with neuroscience. It's like combining a telescope and a microscope to find hidden structures. So circling back to time bending and the reality that we are in the eclipse portal, I would like to inspire you on how you may be able to time bend. It is said that going into a deep state of meditation, finding a super conscious state in this astral plane where time does not exist is an opportunity for you to time bend Another way to time bend is to ride your natural waves of inspiration. Instead of forcing things, it is to notice when the energy comes to life and to ride the wave. Perhaps being able to complete 3 weeks of 3 weeks worth of work in just a few hours. And I can tell you honestly that's how I birth most of these podcast episodes. I really work hard to put it in my calendar at night where I'm going to do research and I'm going to start to form my flow. And then in an ideal world, I would record the podcast a couple of nights in a row, and then I'd have a couple of nights to edit it. And then on the day that I want to release it, which is every other Friday, I could just release it and the whole thing would be out and ready. However, what I'm finding works best for me and what I really can't force is when it's time to fully put together all the information and when it's time to record. And there's a flow I have to naturally cultivate and also surrender to. It's not something that I can force. I find that if I do try to force it, I'm actually not happy with what is recorded. It doesn't feel authentic And I end up scratching it. So what works for me is just working with that feminine flow, which is something that I'm really fortunate that I learned how to surrender to over two decades ago in college when I was an interdisciplinary artist making goddess-inspired work as i looked to paleolithic and neolithic goddess civilizations and i created this body of work there was a large scale installation and in that i really learned how to ride these natural waves of inspiration And I'm so grateful for that initiation at such an early age. It has been something that has marked all of the work that I do. It comes out very strongly in my pilgrimage work, but honestly, it comes out in all the work and all the ways that I connect with people through private sessions, whether it's astrology or it's an alchemy session where we're utilizing stone medicine and sound healing. It's just what I do. And I think for a lot of us, as we surrender to this more and more, we will find we're actually much more productive and we're much more inspired by that which we're creating. And the other way to time bend is quite beautiful. And I will share a little secret with you. (laughs) I did this uh, right before I began to record this podcast episode, I did a whole mini ritual that I created beforehand. And then what you want to do is you want to stand straight facing one particular direction. You're going to pick the direction that feels least comfortable for you in that moment. And you're going to stand and face that direction. So I would recommend picking a solid cardinal direction, like east, south, west, or north. And so you're going to stand facing that direction, and you're going to take a moment, ground, and anchor yourself and visualize the direction you wish to go in your life. And when I say that, you're going to visualize that which you're leaning into, that which you're creating, and you're going to allow it to come tangibly to life. You're going to feel it. You're going to smell it. You're going to taste it. You're going to touch it. You're going to hear it. And then you're going to take five deep, long, conscious breaths, And then you will turn one 360 degree counterclockwise circle. As you take this turn, know that you are literally working with the curve of the natural world. So therefore, this curve is a symbolic circle movement. And at the same time, you are physically turning the energy around within your own electromagnetic field. And from time bending, we could talk about timeline jumping. Although it might seem paradoxical, your life is one of many, many different possibilities. And many people believe that it is possible, that it is even your birthright as a human to alter your timeline and the potentials of your life. And so what there's this ability to do, and again, I'm going to share this in the links of the show notes. There's this beautiful write-up that I found on Tom Kenyon's website, And if you don't know Tom Kenyon and his work, I highly, highly recommend his work. Um, He is one of the few mentors, masters alive on this planet that I have not studied with that has been on my bucket list for like the last six years. I really want to go study with him and I just haven't been able to make it because of other commitments with other mentors Uh, He's an amazing sound artist, sound healer, and through his journey with sound as medicine, he has come to channel different beings, but particularly he's channeled the Hathors. I really like to call them the Hathors because Hathor is how you say the name of the goddess Hathor from ancient Egypt, and I see them as so connected, the Hathors. So they're this group of beings, we could say a civilization, that herald through Venus. And the the full write-up about timeline jumping, he called it the art of jumping timelines. uh, You can find on his blog, and again, I'll link that. And so in this, the Hathors are explaining how it's possible for you to move from one timeline to the next. And they speak to how first you identify the timeline you wish to move into. Then you shift your vibrational state to match the timeline. From there, you lock in the vibrational state so that it is free from wavering. You take an action that is an expression of the new timeline and you persevere. And one of the things that the Hators talk about is that they believe that if enough people jump timelines, leaving behind all paradigms of planetary destruction, of AI takeover, of Agenda 21, of PSYOP military, one world, governmental control, like whatever you want to call it, whatever your fear is of everyone, you know, being so deeply impacted by health crisis, by ecological degradation, that if enough people jump timelines, they have this ability to enter into a more benevolent and life-affirming reality. This is the new earth. And the Hators also have really emphasized that if the collective does not shift into a higher density, that something will, remarkable will still happen for those who have the courage to live in a different reality than the one that is being impressed upon by our current culture. And they said, it is possible to live in heaven while those around you live in torment. And I just want to leave you with this memory that's coming to me as I'm sharing all of this information with you. the last time I was in Egypt was February of 2020. And I was on a lovely small pilgrimage that I had the great privilege of stewarding. And we culminated at Abu Simbel in the south of Egypt, very close to the border with Sudan. And there's a beautiful temple there. It's in two parts. And one is devoted to... Queen Nefertari. And it is also very much devoted to goddess Hathor. And so that was the last temple I was in, in Egypt of 2020, besides the Great Pyramid, before I left and Came home to Asheville, North Carolina, and began our COVID storyline that we all have the ability to timeline jump out of, right? So I was standing in the temple and had such a powerful experience with the Hathors in that temple. To the point where the lighting that came through was so magnificent and the sensations and really such a sacred moment, so sacred that I can't share in depth. However, I share what I've shared because I feel like that is enough for those of you that have a connection with these frequencies to feel them, to tap into them, to know them, to hear them. And some of you listening, I know, have traveled with me and have traveled with me to Abu Simbel and you've had an experience with the Hattors. So my prayer, my prayer is that we as humanity, that we arise to our inherent sovereignty, that we drop the fear paradigm that we know no matter how much they lock us down, that our freedom, our inherent freedom, our inherent godliness, our inherent good is always a part of us, our inherent creativity. And so I pray that as humanity That the collective finds the strength and the courage to rise up and drop all fear programming. And I pray that we do this great work. We've got less than five weeks to the great conjunction. These are potent, powerful times. So I wish to leave you with this beautiful poem that I found in some of my graduate research. I'm not sure who wrote it. It's called Mary's Codex. I've shared it here before. Mary's Codex. I entreat you today, who exists forever. I praise you today, Yao, who is coming upon the clouds of heaven. Sabaoth, is stronger than them all, who exists before all the eons before heaven and earth appeared. Heaven became for you a throne, and the earth a footstool at your feet. Listen to me today through your great blessed name. Let all things submit to me, for I am Mary I am Mariham. I am the mother of the life of the whole world. I am myself. Let the rock split before me today. Let the iron dissolve before me today. Let the demons withdraw before me today. Let the powers of the light appear to me. Let the angels and the archangels appear to me today. Let the doors that are bolted and closed open for me at once and quickly so that your name become my helper in life, whether in all the day or in all the night. And now we will dive into a guided meditation to integrate all that we've journey together with in this episode of time-bending. So I invite you to only proceed from here if you have the time and space to do so. If not, notice the timestamps that you can find in the show notes that you can find from my website starsstonesandstories.com in the episode as you click on it you'll see the notes and you can come back here another time when you have that ability to really focus and settle in and enjoy and for everyone else make your space comfortable warm enough take care of all of your biological needs and then you'll come to either sit or lie down And as you settle into the space, just take a moment, kind of shake and move through all parts of your body, take some deep breaths in and just exhale, just exhaling all of the tension, the stress, the fear, the worries, the anxiety exhaling away all that is not authentically you. And again, once more, inhale, nice, long, deep breath. And exhale. (sighs) And you begin to feel this beautiful warm wave of sensation coming in through the soles of your feet entering in through the soles of your feet and just beginning to spread up circling around the ankles moving up around the calves and the shins the knees into the thighs all parts of your legs Circling up, swirling in the pelvic bowl and around the base of your spine and up through your sex organs and up into your entire digestive system, through the lungs and the heart, all the way up through the layers of the ribs, all the way up. To the throat traveling down through the shoulders down through the arms and the elbows down through the wrists and out through each finger and thumb coming back up that wave of relaxation swirling back up through the arms to the neck the throat and the back of the neck up and through the jaw and the ears and the back of the head, the crown of the head, and all the muscles of your face and your nose, all the way into the root of your nose and the root of your tongue, into the optic nerves, nice and deep into the optic nerves, so that you feel this wave of relaxation pouring out through every hair on your body. And from here, this beautiful cord of golden red silver light comes out from the base of your spine and the palms of your hands and the soles of your feet and it begins to spiral deep down into mother earth all the way down all the way down 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 down. deep into mother earth Anchoring you to great-grandmother Hematite, this lineage stone. She represents the seven generations who have come before. She represents your female lineage all the way back to that ancient primal first woman and your male lineage all the way back to that ancient primal first man. And you feel this connection. To your ancestors whether you know or you knew their names their faces it doesn't matter they're here they're present with you and the healthy well ones are yes protecting they're holding the space and as you're in this womb of great grandmother hematite you feel the womb of the great mother of all of creation you are within the womb of the womb of the womb And you feel this beautiful, cosmic, electric, galactic, light-coated dance. You're swimming in this cosmic sea of all of creation. And as you're swimming and journeying, perhaps you see different star structures. Perhaps you're on the back of a dolphin or a whale, or you're carried in a chariot of canoes by the most beautiful, great whale you've ever seen. You witness this journey as you move through time and space. And however your chariot arrives, whatever your chariot is, perhaps it's upon the back of the most elegant purple dragon you could ever have imagined in all of creation with orange and pink scales. You arrive to this place, you give gratitude for this being that has brought you here whether it's star or whale, dragon, anything that is within your mind's eye, trust that. And you land, you land upon the most beautiful white sand. And to your right is this gorgeous ocean. And as you look beyond its desert everywhere, desert that just seems to go on and on for days on end. And you find yourself walking, walking north through the desert. And as you're walking, on one hand, it feels like you're walking so slow. But on the other hand, it's like you're gliding through the sand And you begin to see in the distance this structure, this structure that is so ancient, thousands upon thousands of years. This structure is carried, and as you become closer, you realize it's a phenomenal temple, and you take note of the design and you can't wait to get close by and again it's like you're gliding and you're there and you walk you walk through the main gate and you look down and you realize there's this bag that you're carrying but you don't remember carrying the bag but it's suddenly there And you reach in the bag and you feel this immense, lavish amount of the most beautiful pink rose petals. And you begin to offer these rose petals at the gates of this temple. And you offer these rose petals... In appreciation for your journey and your ancestors that have brought you here and the beings that have brought you here. And you walk through the gate and you find yourself in the main courtyard. It's this most gorgeous garden in the middle of the desert. So many trees bearing fruit and flowers, so much life, birds and creatures, insects buzzing and singing. And there's other creatures, creatures you don't even know how to name or what they are, but they're all through the space tending, to this magical garden landscape and you continue to offer these rose petals everywhere you walk and you find yourself coming to the main entrance and at the entrance there is a being waiting for you who knows your name all of your names And they greet you with all of your names, names that you didn't even remember were yours. And this being offers you a gift and you receive it with gratitude. And you are also offered a wand, a crystal wand of selenite that as you enter through the main doors emits the most powerful soft light so warm and glowing and you find yourself moving through the space with the most beautiful columns and art and color everything is just activating your senses you drink it all in and you're immediately drawn to turn to the right and you find a little nook and in the nook you go through a little door and there's a small library filled filled with books and records and folders and files and you hold the wand in your right hand and you're guided to one particular book the wand is guiding you and you allow and you touch you touch the book the spine of the book and it it moves, it touches you back and you gently pull the book off this little shelf and you find small stool to sit upon and you hold the book in your lap and you take a moment to honor where you are here and now, and you find yourself instinctually opening the book to a particular space, and you begin to see through the moving images and the words you read, the story. It is a story that is yours. It is a story of who you are in the new earth. It is a story of your name and your gifts, your lessons, your reservoir of resources. It is a story of your lineage and those who you love And those who you touch and those whom touch you it is a story of expansion and beauty and timelessness and of purpose of great purpose you drink in every word as it is soul nourishment and as you drink in every word you feel these golden codes of light moving through every cell of your body. You can see deep within you the codes of sacred geometry and the numbers and the letters, language codes. You do not fully remember, but you know, you know them and you allow all of this to move through you trusting And as you're seated, you take a moment and you close the book. And in the moment you close the book, you find yourself just like that. You have arrived in this timeline of the new earth. And so it is, blessed be. It's just like that, my friends. Allow yourself the time and the space to integrate, perhaps continuing to lie still, perhaps finding your way into a hot salt bath, perhaps finding your way to pen and paper to write allow yourself allow yourself to ride your natural waves of inspiration here Thank you for sharing sacred space. My prayer is that we awaken to the reality that we are a hologram for the collective. By being fierce in our authentic truth, we have the opportunity to elevate life on this exquisite planet Earth. Crystallize your medicine.